0: From Studio One at the
1: worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80.
2: Put my name up in the It's a day of the week that ends in Y, which means Aaron Rodgers is in the news. As we continue to get reports that it looks like it's closer, at least, To the possibility that Aaron Rodgers will become a New York Jet. At the same time, we have no new developments when it comes to Lamar Jackson. The one thing I can promise you is that as we get any and all breaking news, we will make sure you stay informed on it. But... We can also talk free agency with somebody that knows what's going on with it right now. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, we're presented by Progressive Insurance, and the Wolfbacks are going to grow by one. We're going to get right to it. Kelvin Beachum, former, uh, uh, sorry, free agent, uh, tackle, former Cardinals offensive lineman. Kelvin, really appreciate your time. We've been talking about free agency so much, and this is interesting because you start on Monday. So when you look at your free agency process, what are you excited about? Man, what I'm
1: excited about is I won't even be here. Uh, I'll be in Zambia. uh, But I know that I put the work in back in uh, the year for 17 weeks and excited that that body of work speaks for itself. Um, So, you know, I've talked to organizations, talked to clubs, excited where things are going to settle up out, and then we'll see how the chips fall over the next week and a half or so.
3: Kevin, I got to ask you because we saw the NFLPA release report cards. Um, and your former team, the Cardinals, got the lowest grade. How accurate was that grade that they gave your former team?
1: You know, the thing is, is is factually there are some things that can be uh, done within the facility. And I think if you talk to any owner or any GM or any coach, there are always ways to, to make improvements. I think that the poor card gave a, a good litmus test for where uh, the organization can move and, and can grow moving forward. So, um You know, at the end of the day, we're players. You know, we're we're tasked with being able to produce on the football field. But, um, you know, when you have things in a facility that can be better, I think it's on us as players to be able to make sure that our voices are heard.
2: Which is interesting to me, Kelvin, because we've really, uh, obviously with Harry having played in the league so long, we've talked a lot about that report. And I think it's awesome that the NFLPA is trying to arm everybody with better information. For you, as you start figuring out where you want to go next, how much will you factor that report for whatever teams you're looking at when you think about what you want for your next destination?
1: You know, for me, the the biggest thing that I look for is, is, is the team and the club playing on grass like that is like the number one thing that I look for. And many people may not think about that, but, you know, as an offensive lineman, I, I love being able to play on grass. And out of you know, my entire career, it's only been three years where I didn't play on grass. So for me, that's the number one thing that I look for. But as far as that report, you know, at the end of the day, and, and, and Harry knows this, if you put uh, uh, some terms in front of a player, you can miss me with all the stuff about the locker room and, and all this and that and other. I'm finding a way to produce for my family. And sometimes it's going to be a sacrifice and, if i got to sacrifice what a weight room looks like, if I have a pool table in the locker room or a game room, I'm going to take the money versus having all those amenities. But, you know, that's, that's individ- uh, it's, it's, it's based on the individual. Um, but my values and what I care about are a little different than what others may care about in that regard.
3: Look, that's how you know you're a vet. When you say, I'm looking forward to seeing that grass, mm-hmm. man, I'll tell you this right now. <laughs> Whenever we had those rainy days and we had to go in that bubble, hey, Coach, you know I ain't got that many reps today now. When you started getting older in the back end of your career, Coach, you know I ain't got that many reps for you. You know, that turf that turf hey, makes me a little bit not, more sore.
1: Not on turf, man. And, and I even tell my coaches, if we're going inside, send me back inside. <laughs> I, I ain't, I don't eat, you know, it's not it's, – it's, it's just not even had a conversation. Just send me on back inside because I'm not moving on that turf. Even when we do walkthroughs on turf, it, it hurts. So uh, it, it, as much as I can be on grass, man, I want to be on grass.
3: And, and Kevin, I want to talk to you about you know Kyler Murray. Last year, you was on ESPN radio. You said he had some growing up he had to do uh, to do maturing. Uh, this past season, how much of that maturing did you see from Kyler Murray, especially at the quarterback position and being a leader?
0: Yeah.
1: You know, I think he did a much better job being able to interact with his teammates. Uh, I think he did a really good job of that during training camp. He did a really good job of that when he was playing. Um, and I've said this, and i said this this morning, you know, when I was on a couple of shows this morning, is there's still more that he can do. Um, you know, they gave him half a billion. Um, you know, I know Oliver wouldn't guarantee but, you know, he got, he got quarterback money. He has to grow into that valuation. And being able to grow into that valuation means he has to be able to lead. He has more responsibilities. The expectations are higher. The obligations or higher, And I'm excited to see him do that. Um, and it's on him to be able to do that. I and mean, there's no knock on can he lead? Is he competitive? I mean, he's one of the most competitive people I've been around. But being competitive and leading and being a leader of men are two different things. And he has the ability to do that. And I'm excited to see him do it.
2: We're talking to Kelvin Beecham, a free agent lineman out there, a former Cardinals offensive lineman. So uh, educate me for a second. I ask all the big guys I ever get to talk to in life about this because, frankly, 99% of us, even people covering the draft, just don't know what we're looking for when we look at offensive linemen. So when you are looking at offensive linemen, like when you're trying to see something that you really can tell everybody, hey, be smart, look for this thing from an offensive lineman, what's something we should all be looking for, Kelvin?
1: can that offensive lineman hold their stance and their posture throughout the entire game? Because the miniature posture in your stance deteriorates, your performance will deteriorate. That's not something that people talk about a lot. How strong is he? You know, how much can he bench? Does he move people? How heavy are his hands? But look at his stance. Does the stance that he started in in play one, the same stance that, he's, that he has on play 67 with, with the two, with, during the two-minute drill to win the game you know, those are the things that I look for because that'll really be able to tell you does he have the ability to be able to to stand and fight, you know, for 60, 70, 80 plays week in and week out. So really being able to understand if he's able to maintain that stance and posture throughout the entire game.
3: That also speaks towards, you know, tipping off defense alignment in the D-line as well, right?
1: Without question, without question. Um, but if, if if a D-lineman can see that you're tired, you're slouching over, you're, you know, not as, not as uh, tense or not as ready in your stance, you know, these guys, that their get-offs are elite. They're elite for a reason. And a lot of guys get beat just off the get-off. For offensive linemen, the most important thing is your stance and your get-off. So how do you make sure you put yourself in a position to be as successful as possible, play in and play out? And it really starts with your stance.
2: Uh, you, by the way, that is brilliant. And Harry and I are going to be working together on the digital draft broadcast for ESPN. I am now going to rewatch everything I can for that one thing and use that nugget a hundred times. I'm going to I'm going to use that nugget all the way into the ground. You just made me smarter. I really appreciate it. So obviously, hey, all, all
1: I ask all I ask that you do is you cite your sources. Oh, oh, oh you, you know, like that's a name drop. Look, when you,
2: look. At, at best, I'm five nine, one sixty five. What do I know about being an offensive lineman? But the number, like, I'm going to name drop you over and over and over. Over Kelvin, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. You mentioned free agency is going to start, but you're going to be in Zambia. Tell everybody what you're working on, brother.
1: Yes, sir. So uh, donated um, two wells last year. Uh, excited to, to you know be able to collaborate with the public and fans, and you know and, and, and teammates to be able to raise money for for the second. We got about seven thousand dollars to be raised to date. Got to get to fifteen. Um, but this well literally supplies twenty eight hundred gallons of water a day. Uh, in essence, that's four football teams that this well produces water for. So excited to be able to go over there, serve, get my hands over, my wife and I are going together. Uh, it's going to be a quick trip, even though we're going to be over there for about uh, you know four or five days, and then coming back home. But excited to be able to go and serve in that particular capacity.
3: And I got to be honest with you. I love everything about that because I do believe you know more light needs to be shined on you know athletes when they're doing great things in the community. And the last thing I wanted to ask you about. So I, I played for Sean Jefferson in, T- in Tennessee, man. Tell me oh, how yeah. valuable OG was for everyone in everyone in Arizona.
1: Man, Sean J is a jewel, and I don't think many people in the National Football League realize how important he is. It's you know it's one thing to say a guy played the game and then coaches. Sean Jay takes it to a completely different level. He is attacking you as a person. He's attacking you as a human. How do you become a better man? How do you become a better pro? Um, And he pushes everybody. He pushes himself. Um, I mean, I don't know if you remember, Sean Jay still gets his pads out, his cleats up, and works like blocking drills with receivers every single year. Um, Sean Jay is one of the best coaches I've ever been around, his intensity, the way in which he approaches a game. um, And he's like that every single day. I had him when I was in New York. Uh, with the Jets and, and had, him, you know, was, you know, had him the last couple of years here in Arizona. He's one of the best coaches to be around. I love his energy.
2: Kelvin, we can't wait to see where you land when free agency starts. But more importantly, thanks for making a difference. We love highlighting that stuff, and it's really cool that you're going out there and using your platform to help people get clean water, man. I appreciate you so much. Thanks for the education on the offensive line. Have a great off season. Enjoy free agency, and uh, have a safe trip, my friend. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. That's great stuff from Kelvin Beach. I'm, uh, really excited for that. And by the way, uh, the longtime partner on that is World Vision. So he's going into Zambia. Uh, they're going to impact clean water. and They're going to build some wells. Really cool thing to get out there and support. Absolutely. Uh, go out there, check it out, and uh, see how you can get involved. It's a great way to show your fandom is by supporting the players that you love when they're doing things that are good for the world. In the meantime, if Aaron Rodgers is traded to the Jets, we're back to it. That's right. Where does he rank? Among AFC quarterbacks. Harry and I wildly disagree. You will hear it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Multiple Jets team officials fly out to meet with Aaron Rodgers in person. You put the owner on the plane, you put the team president on the plane, you put the head coach, GM, the offensive
4: coordinator on the plane. You're not doing that because you're hoping he'll listen. Fitz and Harry, the podcast.
2: Multiple Jets team officials fly out to meet with Aaron Rodgers in person. You put the owner on the plane, you put the team president on the plane, you put the head coach,
4: GM, the offensive coordinator on the plane. You're not doing that because you're hoping he'll listen. You're doing that because you're hoping to walk away with
2: some sort of resolution. That certainly indicates a strong chance that it's heading in the direction of him being traded to the Jets. Sometimes it's amazing how the same thing can be said two different ways and it gives two very different types of feeling. For example, I could say the New York Jets with a top-notch defense and young weapons all around them could be acquiring Aaron Rodgers and everybody will be super excited. Or I could say... A team that didn't make the playoffs next year is acquiring a pretty good quarterback, and we'll just see where it goes. Same truth, different emotion from it. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM channel lady, and your smart speaker's just tell them, hey, play ESPN Radio, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. And I'm not trying to be a hater. I'm really not, Harry. Like, you know me. I don't have enough uh, give a damn in me to really be a hater. I'm just sort of right in the middle of just the way my logical brain stacks things. So I get the excitement. I truly do that every Jets fan feels knowing that you might be about to have to to get Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback. I get it. Aaron Rodgers would make any fan base excited. But we are talking about Aaron Rodgers like it suddenly changes the entire trajectory of everything. I don't know if I buy that. Like, Aaron Rodgers is very good. But I'm not going to sit here and put Aaron Rodgers, even in the AFC, uh, as the guy. Like, a good quarterback joins a good team, and maybe it means they're going to be better. But I'm not going to sit here and suddenly talk about Aaron Rodgers like he is the man, the myth, the legend, and he is going to single-handedly vault the Jets into domination. (laughs) Well,
3: Fitz, I I can't sit up here and let you disrespect Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers has played played at a very, very high level since he became a starter in the National Football League. Mm-hmm. Um, and the number speaks for itself. Since uh, uh, 59,000 yards, 475 touchdowns, 105 interceptions, 65.3 completion percentage, on top of having a Super Bowl win, uh, it, you outlier you, – you, you, you take away last season, right? And Aaron Rodgers – I know you can't take it away. I'm just saying hypothetically. Oh, I got you. Aaron Rodgers has played some damn good football. And even his season last year – it's better than a lot of people's, you know, great years. If you're judging them by quarterbacks, now he didn't play up to his standards according to our eyes. So therefore, we look at him in a different light. But we got to take into consideration. Now, granted, his fault—he didn't have that rapport with his receivers early on because he didn't go to OTAs. He didn't feel like he needed to be there uh, to build that with those young guys. Also, gotta remember he had this thumb injury, and I'll be the first to tell you because I've had thumb injuries in my in my career. The worst finger on your hand that you want to injure is your damn thumb because it's the baseline for everything that you do, especially for a guy that's throwing the football time in and time out during a football game. And if you get hit on it, it just adds that, that extra uh, pressure to it. But Aaron Rodgers, man, is, 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 a, is a great quarterback. Right? And I'm not going to sit up here and say, say that you know his play is going to start slipping. I, I thought last year. Uh, was just one of those years for him. I think moving forward, he's going to play better. And I think sometimes we get so clouded because of the antics that we see from him off the field and you know, putting Green Bay in the situation that they're in now and he's going to the dark hole before he has to make a decision and that whole nine. Sometimes a lot of that can cloud our minds on how we think Aaron Rodgers is as a quarterback.
2: And that's really fair. I'm not even going to push back on that. I, I, I believe you are accurate in what you say there. I also believe that the AFC right now is like, stacked to me even with even with aaron Rodgers as the quarterback the jets are not the favorite in the afc east i still have the bills and then on top of it like if you just look at the the power rankings if we were doing it of quarterbacks in the afc uh patrick mahomes is one we all know patrick mahomes is one none Mm -hmm. of the aaron Rodgers is not going to play better than patrick mahomes next year in my mind there's no way I, i have joe burrow as number two so to me, Joe Burrow is going to go out and continue to be number two, and then you know if Josh Josh Allen was not as good last year as he was the year before, I think Josh coming off a little bit, and there's no Brian Dable, maybe we can have some question marks. Maybe Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers are about on par, but I, I mean that's kind of where it is to me. So in my mind, he's maybe maybe if things go really well and he's good, he's the third best quarterback. But I could also I would be comfortable with an argument that he's the fourth best quarterback in the AFC next year. We. We're talking about 2020-2021 MVP Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're talking about like back to. We're talking about healthy. What we should really expect from Aaron Rodgers? No, no, no. That's
3: that's what I'm saying. We're talking about back to back MVP Aaron Rodgers, not last year. Back to back MVP Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hundred percent. Okay. Well, I only got one quarterback in the AFC above him. Then that would be Patrick Mahomes. Uh, that that would be Patrick Mahomes. If if we if if the New York Jets if they end up acquiring Aaron Rodgers. And they're getting in, and he plays like MVP, Aaron Rodgers, from 2020, 2021. Oh, he's going to be second in the AFC to me.
2: Oh, see, I would still take Burrow over. And, uh, you know, you look at Burrow's last two years 69 touchdown passes. Nice. Uh, 26 yeah. picks. I mean, 26 picks. Uh, that that could, that number could afford to come down a little bit. He's a little aggressive yeah. on it, but completion percentage on par, uh, yards, uh, yards, passing yards on par. I, uh, yes, he had Jamar, but during those MVP years, uh, Aaron Rodgers had Devontae. So you know, I I don't think that there's some big note here. Like I know he's a two-time MVP, but yeah. also that part of that is just I mean, two-time MVP.
3: Well, well, I'm I'm also going by the the you know the the long resume that we have of Aaron Rodgers and how long he's been able to be consistent and sustain success in a national football league. Yeah. Think about this. These, these are the best players in the world at, at a game called football. So Aaron Rodgers has been able to sustain that success for a very, very long time and play at a very high level. So much to the point to where a lot of people thought he was at the back end of his, uh, of his career and he won back-to-back MVP. So that's why in my eyes, if, if Aaron Rodgers goes out there and plays like MVP Aaron Rodgers from like two, tw- 20 and 21, then I, I will have to put him second. Uh, tell and, I, and, I, and you know how much I love Joe Burrow. You know how much I love Joe Burrow. But if there's one quarterback that I always said that I want to play with, if I got to choose, it was going to be Aaron Rodgers. Because it, there were times when we used to watch him and the things that he do, did on the football field, man.
2: Whew. So, But let me let me throw this at you. Uh, Harry, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. So let's say that Aaron Rodgers is not – uh, what last year was and by the way yeah. statistically last year was still a really good year for Aaron Rodgers exactly. so I don't want to treat it like like last year wasn't like Aaron Rodgers was out here being you know Zach Wilson so let's say that he's not as bad as last year yeah that was just throwing a straight straight at chess fans but let's also say that he's not quite the MVP like he, he's he's just really good Aaron Rodgers really good Aaron Rodgers well, I'm saying, did, you, did you go with Joe Burrow uh, you go and I Burrow. think that's probably the most, re- in my mind, the yeah. most realistic is that you're going to get. You might not get. A, let's say if if the MVP version of Aaron Rodgers is the hundred, and all you get is ninety percent of that. Ninety percent of that version of Aaron Rodgers is the third that's or fourth still, best uh, still, quarterback in the division. That's I mean, still that, damn, that's still uh, damn good in now. the conference. Yeah, it, because
3: because see, I got to take you back to 2021 because you know Aaron Rodgers and Joe Burrow had the opportunity to face off in Cincinnati, right? 2021. Now, the Green Bay Packers came out with the victory in that game. That's the game where all the, the field goal kickers was missing left and right, the field goal kickers for the, for, for, uh, the Packers, Mason Crosby, and also uh, I can't remember the field goal kicker name for the, for, for the Bengals, but those guys were missing left and right. Uh, but in that matchup, you know, the, these two, they really went at it. Joe Burrow had two interceptions in that game. Aaron Rodgers had 300-plus yards. Aaron Rodgers threw for three, 344, two touchdowns and an in interception. Joe Burrow had two eighty one, two touchdowns and two interceptions, and Green Bay came back came out with the victory.
2: Yeah, but this is also that teeter totter seesaw moment, like Joe Burrow continually coming climbing the mountain of greatness. And yeah. while there's a – I'm not saying there's a sharp decline. If there's any even baby decline, like I, how can I take what happened a couple of years ago between those two teams and then not at least factor in, injured or not, the the yeah. point you've made so well over the last couple of weeks that Aaron Rodgers had the chance to beat the Lions and send the Packers to the playoffs and instead threw a pick, right? So I, I think at this point, because of where their I mean, trajectory but we just, is. I mean,
3: then we just see Joe Burrow against the, the Kansas City Chiefs? He had an opportunity to take his team down and win the game, and yeah. he didn't win it, right? Well, so, I mean – Quarterbacks are going to have moments like that. Now, for Aaron Rodgers, I was pointing that out more so because I I just don't see how he's going to leave being a Green Bay Packer with that on his shoulders, right? Yeah. I don't think you want to leave Green Bay. With, you know, your loss being to the uh the the Detroit Lions with a playoff berth on the line and then you had the ball and you threw that interception.
2: We're gonna throw it out to you guys. Triple eight say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Rank the AFC quarterbacks for us. If you have Aaron Rodgers, where would he rank in the AFC? Triple Eight say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Where would Aaron Rodgers rank if he was an AFC quarterback?
3: But here's the thing. I don't want people to get misconstrued now. If we have MVP Aaron Rodgers, if Aaron Rodgers is playing like an MVP that he was two years in a row, I would put him at two. If not, then that spot goes to Joe Burrow. And,
2: and, well, and then the other question becomes, where's Josh Allen and all that? Is Josh Allen just now now out of that conversation as a top three, four quarterback? Uh, But We'll break it down. We'll ask you guys to help us with it. 888-ESPN-888-729-3776. Get ready for Champions, the hilarious new movie starring Woody Harrelson. Woody's a hot-headed basketball coach who's in over his head when he's court-ordered to manage a team with intellectual disabilities and a whole bunch of attitude. Champions, only in theaters tomorrow, rated PG-13. It's March Madness in college basketball, but the real madness is the sport's lack of direction moving forward. Fitz and Harry, the podcast.
0: I'm Christine Lisi. The Yankees' already shorthanded rotation has taken another hit. Lefty Carlos Rodon, the franchise's prized free agent signing, will start the season on the injured list because of a left forearm strain. He does not have UCL damage to the elbow. Following this week's meeting between members of the Jets front office and Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers, the team is increasingly optimistic about its chances of bringing Rodgers to New York, reports ESPN's Diana Rossini. Packers and Jets remain engaged in conversations about possible trade compensation. Kansas basketball coach Bill Self will not coach in today's Big 12 quarterfinals game because of an illness. Kansas in the mix for a one seed in the NCAA tournament. A reminder, you can catch the Big 12 semis tomorrow on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Golf Players Championship streaming live on ESPN Plus in round one. Chad Ramey has the lead at eight under. Conferences mean circle dates. Legendary careers at one place. A star is born.
1: It's a neighborhood on hardwood. Settling scores. We'll win this game if we do us. Now the time has come for tickets to be punched.
0: And titles won. Welcome to Champ League.
2: Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, SiriusXM, Channel 80. Jason Fitz, Harry Douglas, presented by Progressive Insurance. Really excited about March Madness. We're going to be covering it all over the place here, as we do all over the network. College bas- basketball season's in the home stretch. That means the Wendy's Wooden Watch has begun. Go to ESPN.com. Search Wooden Watch for the list of the Wooden Award nominees to watch as this season rolls on. Brought to you by Wendy's, two for six bucks, the best deal in fast food. Again, your reminder, nothing in the world is better than a Frosty and a Junior Bacon Cheeseburger. Don't at me. I don't want to hear it. That is the best combo in the entire world. That being said, uh, speak, we are the best combo uh, on ESPN Radio. Don't at me, Kenny and Carlin. We'll take you down. Uh, but we're going to turn into a trio now because like every dynamic duo, sometimes you've got to expand the Wolfpack by, one Seth Greenberg ESPN basketball analyst joins us uh, always appreciate your time Seth and I, I'm thinking about the fact that Jim Beheim, fourth net national title winning coach to retire over the last three years I'm watching this all go down last night and all I keep thinking about is who's the face of college basketball right now like for the casuals that don't pay attention who is the person when I say college basketball that everybody flocks to
5: I mean, think can spill self John Cal Perry, but I think there are guys in a waiting. I think that you look at Tony Bennett and the success he's had and how he's carried himself, how he's conducted his business. Mick Cronin's gonna be part of that conversation eventually. Uh I think look, it's ever changing. Nothing lasts forever. And look, we've had great ambassadors for our game for a long time. Obviously, Jay Wright leaving early was a little bit of a surprise, but everyone does what they're comfortable doing. Uh you know, yesterday is kind of at the end of an era. If you look at the ACC, we talked about this about four years ago. We said eventually there's going to be a changing in regard to the ACC. And we've seen it. Coach K, Coach Williams, Coach Bayheim, and, you know, who knows? Maybe Jim could Coach Forever, and Leonard Hamilton. Those are five guys. Those are five, basically, guys that are tradition-rich uh, coaches and successful coaches in the ACC and eventually, you know, it's time to move on. And uh, Syracuse decided that. And what an amazing career Jim has had. Uh, and it's time to celebrate his success and give Adrian
3: Archer an opportunity to rebuild that rich tradition. Coach, when you look at the landscape of college basketball, what does this, what does this mean for the sport moving forward? When you have these, you know, big-name coaches who's done it at a very, very high level, no longer coaching, what does this mean for college basketball moving forward?
5: You know, look, before Coach Williams, there was Coach Smith. Uh, you know, before, uh, you know, there was Coach Bayhom, there wasn't anyone because he's been there for 47 years. Uh, but, you know, every every single sport, uh, you know, uh, has has gone through this type of transition. You know what? When Nick Saban leaves, there'll be another guy will take over. That's just the way it is. Uh, so, I mean, it's all part of, of life life you know the circle of life you can't stay in one place forever our sport's in a great place uh, you watch this championship week each and every night the games are just absolutely incredible but we've got great leadership in our sport right now uh throughout the country if you look through you know, the landscape of college basketball there are young coaches that are developing maturing that are having an impact on on the game and you know just like the coaches that are leaving are you know have had on the game the sport is in a really good place right now
2: well and and Seth you and I have talked before in the past like you know I grew up a big UNLV fan right so when I was a little Mm -hmm. kid the concept was I could never imagine college basketball not having UNLV as one of the prominent programs and then it obviously fell off for a bunch of reasons never been able to rise when you are a program like Syracuse or Georgetown that right now is going through tough times what do you do when you're no longer that blue blood how do you get back to where you were
5: yeah, that, that's a challenge. Now, you know, sit different situation because they didn't have a vehicle. You know, uh, you know, the Big West was not the vehicle. The Mountain West is not the vehicle. You yeah, know, Big East is a different vehicle. Mm. I think you got to go and you got to infuse life into your program. You got to infuse energy in your program. You got to go and hire someone that understands the new culture and basically uh, finances of college basketball. That's NIL, and that's transfer portal. You can get fixed quick. Now, here's the question: If you get, if you fix your program quick. Can you maintain that? But if you don't fix it in two years, odds are that coach is not going to be able to turn it around. That's just the way it is. So like programs like Georgetown, they've got to, you know, if Patrick is like, oh, they've got to find someone that has a a network. Everything's about relationships. You guys know that. And recruiting, most importantly, is about relationships. Who's working for you when you're not there? In the room where it happens, quoting Hamilton, you better have someone that's in that room that helps you uh, get players. And now with NIL, which it's totally legal, with collectives, uh, it it's basically becomes partially a relationship, partially financial, and partially uh, a futures market. And what I mean by that is that you've got to be able to recruit and evaluate because that's the most important part of recruiting. Then you've got to be able to identify the best transfers and then you've got to find a balance if you're going to maintain that program. And you know, Georgetown has everything in place to be successful. Like, I compare Georgetown to St. John's, and St. John's is playing well today. St. John's facilities are not up to speed. Georgetown's facilities are up to speed. You know, so, like, this, these programs that are, you know, opening up, Syracuse's facilities are up to speed. They've got a vehicle in the ACC. Uh, Syracuse can be back, but you know, there's more competition. you got to remember, Harry, and... And Fitch, like, five, ten years ago, the SEC wasn't invested in basketball. Mm
0: -hmm.
5: The SEC's invested in basketball now. Uh, All of a sudden now, Alabama and Auburn joined Kentucky. And if you look across the landscape of college basketball and the SEC, they are players. And if you look at recruiting in the last four or five years, look how well the SEC's done in recruiting nationally, high school, and also in the portal. So, you know, the landscape has changed. The Big 12 has created a niche. All right, there are more teams that are invested in the, in the game, and you know Mike that gets a lot of the credit for the SEC. But so it's harder. It's harder. The Blue Blows aren't going anywhere. Rebuilding is easier in a lot of ways because of the portal, because there are more players available in terms of your talent pool. You just got to find the right guys with the right connections and network.
2: Coach, you know I could talk to you for 52 hours about this. I appreciate your time. I appreciate your insight. Next time, I promise, we'll get into some of these teams that are killing it this year. It's a wild year in the tournament. We're going to need your I help getting be it through. I
5: glad to come on. I'll help you fill out your bracket. And my, my guy, Adrian Orchard, is going to kill it at Syracuse. You watch.
2: Uh, I cannot wait to see all of it. Seth Greenberg, thanks for the time, man. We appreciate you, my friend. Thanks, nice, guys.
5: Appreciate
2: it. Right, ESPN basketball analyst. Uh, does great work. If you if you haven't seen him in our basketball coverage, check it out on ESPN. Does great work covering everything that is happening. We will get him on again as we get close to March Madness because for you guys that may not have been paying attention, the top four or five teams in the country all look drastically different and they've all had drastically different paths to get there, so it is going to be a chaotic Final Four. It, we, will, we are going to fill out brackets with you and just accept uh, the butt-kicking that we'll get along the way. In the meantime, we asked you, where does Aaron Rodgers rank right now? If he were one of the the gauntlet of AFC quarterbacks. Where would he be in the AFC? We'll let you guys weigh in next. 888-ESPN-888-729-3776. You guys taking over Fitz and Harry next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
0: Fitz and Harry, the podcast.
2: It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, presented by Progressive Insurance. Triple H, say ESPN, 888 3776 If Aaron Rodgers is in the AFC, where's he rank in the AFC amongst the elite quarterbacks? Somebody uh, actually tweet me, Harry, and the answer, most of it didn't surprise me until it, they, they have Mahomes won. Allen 2, a little bit of a surprise there. Burrow 3, Lamar 4, Rodgers 5. Thoughts on that list? Uh, That's Eddie, by the way, on Twitter.
3: I was going to say Justin Herbert, but we have to factor a lot of things into that, though. Herbert went to the playoffs for the first time, blew a massive lead. Um, Not him just by himself, but he was a part of it. Also, he just made the playoffs. But from an individual standpoint, you know, Justin Herbert's one of the you know better throwers that can make every single throw on the football field. He's a prototypical quarterback. Um, but I'm not just going to discredit Lamar. Lamar, Lamar got to be in there somewhere.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's, that, it is interesting that Lamar is still yep. part of that conversation. Uh, Dave and Cincy, thanks for calling the show, Dave. What do you got on your quarterback rankings in the AFC with Aaron Rodgers?
4: Hey, gentlemen. Um, so I'm going like Mahomes 1A and Burrow 1B. I mean, I know Mahomes has the rings, but Burrow has the head-to-head. So, I mean, it's a toss-up, but I'll take Mahomes a little bit over Burrow. Um, then I'm going Allen, then Rodgers, then Lamar. And I think Lamar, just get, he kind of gets lost in the shuffle. But when that guy's on the field, I don't know that there's a more dangerous player you know, in the league. Um, and then I just rounded it out with two more with uh, Trevor Lawrence and then Herbert.
2: Ooh, Trevor Lawrence above I,
3: Herbert. I Dave, ask Dave a question. Oh, go ahead, Dave. Dave, if Aaron Rodgers plays like the MVP he was in two thousand and twenty, two thousand and twenty one, what would you put him in the in the top five
4: in the AFC? I, I that's exactly where I thought about him. So I'd, I'd put him at four right now, and uh, I know he uh, was ridiculous. What? But if he plays like that, that's assuming that he also has the same running game that he had. That's also assuming that he had, you know, a Devontae Adams type receiver. And I'm not saying that that the Jets don't have weapons, but they don't have the Aaron Jones and the Devontae Adams that he had. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. I mean, when he's healthy and when he's slinging it, he's as good as anybody. But then we're going to back up and go back to when he had his MVP season, so then we're going to put – that would change the whole thing. We'd have to go back to, you know, is Burrow wouldn't be number two, obviously. Allen wouldn't be number three. It would probably be – you know, Mahomes and, and 1A and Rodgers 1B. Um,
3: so
2: well, we back- and okay. Dave, Dave, thanks for the call. I think, in my mind, realistic is probably not that he gets all the way to the MVP level. That's that's asking a lot. Those were two incredibly hot years. New team, new environment, new teammates. God only knows with OTAs. A lot of a lot of variables in that. But yeah. if he comes close to that, I still admit third. I, I, Josh Allen's a tough one for me to figure out where to put. Marcus in Phoenix. We'll let Marcus chime in here, too. Marcus, what do you got?
0: Um, thanks for taking my call. Um, first thing I'm going to say is Mahomes is is clear, number one. There's no A or B. He's, he's He settled that argument for me this year. Ding, now, ding, ding, if ding. You, you know, when you talk about Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow is there, but I'd like to see Joe Burrow. He's been pretty lucky guy. I mean, in college he had Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, and in the pros he's got Chase, Higgins, and Boyd. Now, if you took Patrick Mahomes or any of those other quarterbacks, if you took Aaron Rodgers and put him on the Cincinnati Bengals with that squad, what would that look like? I think it looked just as good or better than Burrow.
2: Oh, I think, but he'd he'd get murdered behind that that, offensive line, no? Like,
0: yeah, well, I mean, he has just as much mobility as Burrow does, or Burrow, you know? I mean, yeah, Burrow didn't have a line, but Burrow had some receivers. I mean, if you gave Patrick Mahomes that, his lineup of receivers, they'd score 50
3: points a game.
2: Hell, if you gave Lamar Jackson those receivers – yeah, I don't disagree with that. Marcus, thanks for the call. I don't disagree with that. I think we, we undersell the toughness a little bit of Burrow, being able to stand in there and take those hits. And certainly Aaron Rodgers is mobile, but uh, I mean, there's a limit to what we can ask of mobility. Interesting fun fact here, tweeted out by Mina Gimes, who is on vacation but just came into Twitter long enough to be a disruptor. She tweeted a video of Lamar completing a pass and then reminded everybody, last year Lamar Jackson finished with a higher passer rating from inside the pocket than Kirk Cousins, Aaron Rodgers, and Tom Brady, and that led to several people saying that, you know, well, that's a a biased stat, you know, because he didn't play as much, which he also responded to and reminded everybody that passer rating is a rate stat, so it, it is weighted based on everything, so it does factor in usage. So even when you factor in usage, Lamar actually last year inside the pocket had a higher rating than Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. Does that change your opinion, Harry, on where he would rate compared to Lamar Jackson? uh say it again
3: i was hearing the one minute
2: i mean air. does it change like knowing how good lamar was does uh-huh. it change how you feel about where lamar would rank in the afc versus aaron Rodgers? you still got well, rogers I, mean, I, I still
3: well it depends on how, how a rod plays not based on last year no
2: no but based on two years ago yes right so if he gets yeah, back yeah, to form yeah. he's higher yeah. like that's the big question but i still have lamar in my top five yeah, there's no doubt, and this is part of what makes it interesting because the AFC. This is really just an exercise to remind the entire world how tough it is right now in the AFC to be a great quarter, to be the best quarterback because there are so many great quarterbacks. In the meantime, we'll keep you updated with any breaking developments. We get every single minute seems to be on Aaron Rodgers' watch. The question is, what's it like playing in the same shoes as a legendary quarterback? Jordan Love might have to do that next year, and an expert will tell us what it's like. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio.